Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. We are in part two of six in our conversation on how people change. We hope you enjoy. So I don't know, what is that? What's one that shows up for you? A uh, pattern for me is people pleasing. So if I, I have, it's kind of like your gift, like what you're really good at, Wes, is getting things done quickly and efficiently just because that's, that's how your brain works. So that I think the, the connection here is often our patterns are connected to the thing we're naturally gifted at. We're naturally good at, and we all have something we're naturally good at. And our, and, and what's fascinating too, is our strength can, there's another side of the coin too, yeah. right? It's also typically linked to our greatest weaknesses. It well. is. And some of, and I think we look at that as just like, well, then this is just all a joke. God made me like who I am, how he made me is intentionally a disaster. So like for mine, people pleasing, no, that's the negative side of it. When, when I say people pleasing, I mean doing what I can as quickly as I can to make other people happy and just ignoring everything else. So what that looks like for me is if I get stressed or overworked or take on too many commitments because somebody asked me to do something and I want to, you know, I want them to like me. So I say, sure, I can do that even though I know that I've already said that 10 times to 10 other people. And that just kind of builds up because I've disregarded myself and the, uh, the people I care about the most. Uh, Cause again, who is most negatively affected by this is my wife. Because if I have too much on my plate, because I'm wanting to do so much for everybody, because I am naturally gifted. I know what people want. I know how to help and serve people quickly. It's just against how God made me. I can identify a solution to someone else's problem typically before they do, and I'm good at it. So when you become good at something, people reach out to you for help more often. And it feels good to help people. We all, we all love helping people. So, But if you're uh, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, if, if I can just help as many people as possible, then I'll be valued. But if I'm only helping other people or the person who's in front of me at the moment, that means I'm ignoring all the other people I said I would agree, I agreed to help in the past. And I don't help myself. So that's the downfall in my habit. So is it's kind of looking at that pattern as what it truly is instead of a, because I think we, as people, when we've identified what it is that drives us toward an unwanted behavior, we have this snap judgment of, well, I've identified that me helping people is causing pain, so I just shouldn't help people. And like for U.S., it would be, well, I get stuff done, and that's what hurts people, so I just shouldn't do anything. Like, that just sounds backwards. And that's not what change is. It's identifying the thing you're good at and responding in an appropriate way. Yeah. Well, and, and Rich Plass um, always asks this question, right? Like, I, I remember in the past asking Rich like, should I do this or shouldn't I do that? And Rich will often say, well, when you do that, how, how does that show up relationally? Mm. And so, so yeah, like it's not necessarily bad to try to get a lot done, but when me getting a lot done negatively impacts my closest relationships, that's a problem. Yep. Another, another one is uh, Jim Cofield says, what is it in service to? Mm. So what are we doing? What are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? What are you actively doing what is that in service to 
So if you're asking, it's like, I don't know what my pattern is. I don't know what my bad, what's leading to my bad habit. But just take, it's going to take time. One of the great things about change is it takes time. So it gives us the, that means we have to practice patience. So if you're trying to identify what it is that it's in service to, if you just take a week and we encourage guys to write all the time. So if every week, every day of one week, you write out, I did this because of this, just writing like I went and I accomplished this thing or I served this person or I led this person because it served this purpose. And you're looking for, again, rhythms or patterns within what we do to help us identify who we are. And the other great thing about being in the refuge, you guys have this added advantage that people outside of the refuge don't have. There's a group of men who are also wanting to change that are seeing what we do all the time. So you can ask for feedback. Like, why do you think I do this? Well, and and to go back to what you said about what's in service of that question that Jim asks, um, you know, we both answered it. We and, and it's fascinating that when we get into these unhealthy patterns, often what we're trying to be to serve is not healthy. Like for me, I said we both said almost the same thing. Like I will overwork and overdo to try to accomplish more to prove that I'm valuable, mm. to prove that I'm of worth. Right? I'm trying to. I'm trying to fill a hole that only God can fill. I mean, I believe that. Yeah. Right? I'm like God. Like the only way I'm going to feel really fulfilled is is really accepting the love of Christ. Like that God accepts me. But I often try to find it in other things. And you sure. even said it. Like trying to help other people mm-hmm. and people please in order to feel like you're accepted, like right. you're valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and that brings up the point of like, what does it mean to be valued? So. It, in order for us to feel valued, we have to be validated by somebody else. So how other people see us. So it, get, it brings up this whole idea. It's like in order for someone to say that I am valuable, I have to be known, mm. deeply known, which takes time. And also it's scary to be known by somebody because someone who deeply knows you knows your faults, knows, what, knows your past. Um, that's scary. But that's what that's what we all like. Our our deepest held desire is to be deeply known and to know others. Yeah, that is our deepest desire, and that probably goes into then where a lot of us find ourselves in and around the refuge, where the worst kinds of unwanted behavior. And I hate to say worst. I mean, the, anytime we have unwanted behavior, it's it's it, it takes a toll on somebody because it's unwanted. But anytime you know when we find ourselves dealing with unwanted behaviors, it's typically because we're acting out. Because there's some sort of deficit. Mm. And a lot of times that deficit takes the shape of broken relationships. And so, you know, you just talked about being vulnerable relationally, mm. right? Like that that vulnerability, you know, any sort of closeness relationally takes a level of vulnerability. But if I'm but if I'm isolated, and if my my family growing up was very relationally fractured, which many of ours are, well, then I'm kind of set up to be in a really tough spot. And so the deep sadness, the deep fear, whatever negative emotion you want to you want to unpack that you deal with, right? Those negative emotions I'll often because I don't know how to deal with those, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to find a different way to cope. And oftentimes what that looks like then is right? Uh an unwanted behavior. An unwanted behavior, which mm-hmm. for many of us might be a substance to mask the, those 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 wounds and pains. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We start part three of six in our conversation on how people change tomorrow. We'll see you then.